This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Tell me, tell me, tell me, You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawks Bay. It's my pleasure, as always, to have in this studio from Maldini Books and Havelock North on this program called... The Wonderful World... Oh, I can't do it. The Wonderful World of Maldini Books. That's because I changed the beginning around a bit. I know. Anyway, yes, you completely to... threw me okay. and the anticipation was too great. I could see you were thrown. How are you going, Lou? Yeah, I'm pretty well on the whole. Yeah. <laughs> As we speak, what a crack of a day. It's beautiful, isn't it? It must be about yeah. 30 out there. It's boiling. Glorious summer so, day. You know, it's a, it's a very English thing to say, isn't it? Boiling. Boiling. Yeah, it's boiling. If you what a scorcher. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here we are to review another three fabulous books, which, by the way, would be a great idea for Christmas presents out at Wardini Books in Havelock and in Napier. And the first book is called Coral. Coral by Gavin Bishop, beloved New Zealand children's writer and illustrator. And well, as you can see there, both. how gorgeous. Yeah. There's Coral, there's Grandad, with Little Person, who we don't know if it's boy or girl, so that's quite useful yes. when... Um, you would like your little person to identify with them. Ekoro. It's a tiny hand and a big hand. And that's the first thing that when you open it, you go, Ooh. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. How gorgeous. And then pages. he says, What's up, my little one? Um, and it's all in Te Reo Māori. Mm-hmm. And... She, I'll, I'll say it's she, because mm-hmm. I'm a girl. So yes. that's what I'm identifying with. And um, she's got an egg. Hiheki. They go out and they get some puha and hikaroti and herewana. What a great learning tool. It is, isn't it? Yeah. But what's going to happen, Ken? Can you predict it? I think they're going to make a salad sandwich. They're going to make hikai, <laughs> a beautiful sandwich. Absolutely. Well, that's all my favourite stuff in there too. Egg and tomato and lettuce and yeah, carrots. Yeah, just beautiful. Salad sandwich. And then she's like, so they're going to have stories. They're mm. going to have chats and stories. And I don't know how Grandad's feeling about that. He's <laughs> like, I want a Jeez. nap. But it's okay because then they can have a nap yeah, after right. their stories. What a great way to learn Tareo. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's so it. simple. Not, not a lot of words, but simple words. And you think, well, that's a great idea. I think it's a really Because what I did when I was really looking at it to review, I thought, I love the illustrations. Absolutely fabulous. Um, really sweet, that relationship mm. between the grandfather and his moko. And anything that I didn't know exactly what it meant, like I didn't know this morning, um, what that meant, but it's, it is like, what's up, you know, um, what, what would you like? Mm. Um, and so, and then the rest of it from context, eh? It's an egg. It falls into place, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's, it's a really good learning tool as yeah, well for you, Dil, and just a really lovely little story. Absolutely right, and it's a book that anyone would get something out of, absolutely, regardless of age. And I love that one of the little hand and the big hand. Oh, that says it all, doesn't it? Absolutely does, doesn't it? Look at that. Yeah, how good is that? One of the most special images in humanity, really, isn't it? Absolutely, the trust. Mm. Absolutely right, and that's what dragons do. Ooh, this is one of those books that's like whoa! But don't worry, parents, because it will calm down towards the end if you want to read it towards bedtime. So this is by Raymond McGrath. And it starts off, rawr, I'm a dragon. (laughs) And I love this little dragon because this little dragon's wearing a crown and some kind of frilly little skirt thing. Uh, I can roar, I can fly, I can swish my tail and I can make fire in my mouth. (laughs) Uh, Because that's what dragons do. I love it. 
And I think we would agree that that's, that's generally what, do, yeah. what exactly we perceive right. dragons do. I, feel, I sense a butt coming. But cool. Hey, what did you do that for? I was a firefighter. Yes. <laughs> well, because I'm a firefighter. I wear my big firefighter hat. I wear my big firefighter boots. I ride around in my big firefighting truck. Wee wee And I put out fires with my big firefighter hose because that's what firefighters do. Mm. And on it goes along those themes. Hey, what did you do that for? Because I'm a cupcake fairy. (laughs) And the next thing that happens, the cupcake fairy gets scuppered a little bit by the digger-dumper driver because that's what the digger-dumper drivers do. They They dig and dump things and scoop things up. And um, we've got a dumper and then we've got an alien space robot and we've got... Hey, what did you do that for? Because I'm a dad. (laughs) And you two are making quite the racket. And it's time to go to bed. And so they do the lovely things. I tell you it's time to lie down. I tuck you in your blankets warm and tight. I whisper secretly that I love you. And then I kiss you gently goodnight. Because that's what daddies do. How nice is that? I love those happy endings. It's a beautiful book, isn't it? It is. Because you just look at it to begin with. You're like, whoa, that's a raucous, fun book. And, you know, reading that to your kids, you can just have so much fun. And making those noises like you make. You, know, <laughs> you, you, you put all the sound effects in, which is great, isn't it? such a show off. <laughs> I just love it, though. It's so much fun, isn't it? It is. I you just know, love it, too. Your different yeah. voices. What would a cupcake fairy sound like? Yeah, especially, well, especially when it makes the kids jump. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but then... <laughs> What would a cupcake fairy sound like? How would you make the cupcake fairy noise? It'd have to be kind of twinkly, wouldn't it? Yeah, like a squeaky voice, wouldn't you? Maybe. Do you have a squeaky voice? I'd be quite funny if you just said, <laughs> oh, I'm the cupcake yeah. fairy. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you like. I like that one. <laughs> Tell us about the Paper Palace. Right, we've gone from two beautiful, sweet, lovely um, children's books to a very grown-up book. And it was absolutely unputdownable. It's Miranda Cowley Heller, and I think it might be a debut novel in which case it's extremely accomplished. So The Paper Palace is set on, um, this is her first novel, Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine a summer day like today, and you know, if we're going to translate it to Aotearoa, then it'd be like a kiwi batch on, yep. the, on the lake. And this family have gone down there for a couple of generations. You know, Grandfather built the Paper Palace, and it's called that because he had grand plans. It's a camp, and there's a main building where they all eat, and then there are sort of bathrooms and little cabins where the family stay. Um, and he kind of ran out of money towards the end, and so the the board the the walls are all kind of paper; they're all cardboard, crammed with cardboard and stuff like that. So they call it the paper palace just for fun. Um, and there's our main character whose name you know what I'm like with names L, and she's been going there for for years. And her sister Anna used to go when they were kids, and their mother Wallace has been a single parent for mm. some time. And their dad was around but let them down a lot and was pretty useless and spineless and just did whatever woman he was with at that time wanted him to mm-hmm. do. And so the kids really dipped out from their father. But Wallace, it, the, the mother, the matriarch, is quite this amazing character. She's just, she'll just say, what's on her mind? And um, Ella's a grown-up with children of her own, kind of really gets it, you know, from her mum. Well, you just shut up and put up, you know, this yeah. kind of thing. And uh, Wallace has had some interesting periods of her life as well. So you get Wallace's background of things that happened to her and her brother when they were growing up. And then you get Elle, who in the present day, they're all sitting down for dinner and her best friend Jonas from childhood is there and something happens between them that night. And then you get what happened to them during their childhood as well and how it's led up to this point in the present. Mm. And 
there's such childhood trauma in there and secret keeping and guilt and blame and it's described from both sides so the perpetrator and the victims it's mm. really morally ambiguous mm. all the way through. I mean, there are some things that just like point blank should never happen to anybody. Mm. Absolutely. And there is blame to be had. But there's also mitigating factors, you know. And so it's just it's just this you're there with them on the beach and the the swimming in the cool water and the stinging sun and the sand flies and the mosquitoes and the wine on the table and the sweat dripping off people's faces. Yeah. You know, it's so amazingly evoked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's these relationships. So Elle's got this lovely British husband, Peter, and he's kind of like a, what did I describe him as? Sort of Hugh Grant with a bit more backbone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of yes. popish character, but quite dry. Is it a book yeah. that flows, or is it flashbacks and then back to the future and then back to the past? And... Yeah, it is a bit flashbacky, yeah. but it works. It completely works. So it starts with this sort of explosive <laughs> happening between Jonas and Elle at the beginning during this you know, big sort of family event where their partners are there and their kids are there and Wallace, the, the matriarch's there. And then it goes back to, okay, this is the first time Ellen Jonas met. And then this stepbrother comes into the family and then this happens with her mm. sister. And, you know, you get what's happening now with Ellen Jonas and then, but that's because of this. Yeah. This is happening now and that's because of this. And does everyone walk away with a smile on their face? Ambiguous. Yes. Ambiguous, okay. I can't say much more than that. I had a lovely conversation with the lady that came in to buy it as a gift for somebody because she'd read it and she yeah. thought, oh, this would be a great Christmas present for my friend. And I went, but what about the ending? And she's like, mmm. Mm. And we had this really yeah. cool discussion. <laughs> yeah. Out of 10, what would you rate it? Oh, it's a good 9 out of 10. Yeah. And if you want any fabulous books, these three in particular, or in fact any other of the thousands of titles that you have, where do we get them? Mordini books, please. Good on you, Lou. As was my pleasure. And you look after yourself. We'll talk to the same time, same place next week. Thanks very much, Ken. Who wrote the book of love? I wonder who. Yeah. Who wrote the book of love? This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.